dig it. You've been shedding. <laughs> I'm shedding the horn, bro. Shed, I'm shedding my horn. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morin, <laughs> welcome to Don't Feed the Artist. My computer sucks ass. I'm Hagen Shield. <laughs> I'm Dave. My computer's just fine. I'm Adam. <laughs> and I'm Jackson. <laughs> And I'm now, Jackson. Adam, the, ja- the Jackson sounded more. Thank fake you for listening you. to Dumpy the Artist. <laughs> yeah, the Adam fake sounded sounded good. You yeah. faking your own voice was bad. <laughs> so Adam's uh, unable to join us this week because he's busy with wedding stuff. He's officially getting married this week. So congrats Ooh. to Album. We'll we'll all be celebrating with him, but uh, safely, you know. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> Makeout session. Now that he's off the call. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just going to be the three of us, uh, as Dave so eloquently put it before the episode. Uh, this is the Moniker episode. We'll be doing a deep dive of every Moniker album. So uh, this one's for the super fans. Dude, let's do it. Can we please? No. Uh, no, 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 I'm good. No. Let I'm me gonna, just I'm talk gonna... about the, the first bass player. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really proud of the music I write, but I... Don't think I want to talk about the music I write with you guys. Like my past music, it. I don't know that that feels weird. I don't know why. It should feel more comfortable with you guys. It also kind of sounds like you're saying you don't want to be in a band with us when you yeah, say that's it like really that. Really, what it feels like. Yeah. All, this is our Patreon episode where I break <laughs> up the band. <laughs> so how Sick. how are you guys doing? How's your week been? It's, it's been a long week, but good i'm happy to be here recording with you guys it's been all right i'm tired (laughs) it's been an all right week just uh you know you know same old same old right (laughs) pandemic lol (laughs) hagan's really good about uh i think you've mentioned it on the podcast before but whenever somebody asks you even if it's a fucking cashier uh, which I think this is you holding people hostage is when people ask you how you're doing. If you're doing poorly, you tell them. <laughs> and if it's a stranger, I think you should be a little bit more kind to them. But when it's a friend like us, I get it. I don't, I don't, I'm not like, if they're like, how are you doing? I'm not like, oh, depressed as fuck. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I just answer the question honestly instead of always saying good. You know, I might say, oh, I'm okay. Or like, Things have been better, but or you know maybe I'm like oh I'm I'm great it's been a good day, uh, but you you gotta answer the question honestly because yes I'm kind of holding them hostage because why the fuck did they ask me that question if they don't actually want to know how I'm doing <laughs> go fuck yourself don't ask that question I also hate when when someone's like how are you doing I'm like I'm doing good they're like I'm like how are you and they're like I'm doing well it's like go fuck yourself I don't do- <laughs> Ooh, that's me I'm that guy Jackson, I'm doing do well that. thanks for asking you guys don't do that. Now I don't want to be in your band. <laughs> uh, today I went to get some uh, new pants, and I was at Deep Ellum Denim, uh, support your local businesses. But uh, when I went there, uh, if you had explained to me, hey, what's it going to be like today going to Deep Ellum Denim, this store you've never been to, and you know, knowing it's like a you know indie denim shop or whatever you want to call it, independent, small denim shop, um, 
man, the experience would have been exactly what I expected. I walk in and there's two dudes who, you know, when I say hipster, I mean like aesthetically, I don't know these guys. Uh, but I walk in two dudes sitting on the couch, couches there, obviously the workers, they both have denim face mask on. So I was like, nice. And they look very hipster aesthetic. We have a chat and we're talking about, um, you know, music and stuff. They have a record player uh, and they're playing Whitney. And I was just like, man, this is exactly what I expected. This was <laughs> wonderful. It was very pleasant. They showed me how to uh, multiple. You know how people how who are really on. into ties. Uh, uh, no, but uh, they. You know how people who are really into ties know how to do all these obscure knots. They were showing me how to do that with jeans but with rolling your pants leg up. They're like, yeah, so if you want to do a pinned roll, if you want to do this type of roll, it was it was a really pleasant experience. So if you're looking to get some new uh, denim jeans, I would recommend Deep Elm Denim. Were they just so, like uh, ridiculously good looking? I, I thought they were good looking. I, I, feel, I feel confident in them. So I would like to think so. And Jackson, how old were you when you learned how to put on pants? <laughs> hmm. Not quite sure. I still don't know how to fold uh, on the hem correctly of like dress pants. That's something that uh, my brain just has to fire on all two cylinders to work. Here's what you do: is you get them dry cleaned, and and uh, then you just you know fold them the same way to go with the creases. No, as Mitch Hedberg said, this shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. It was better wow. than Mitch Hedberg no. said it. I miss Adam. I'm, I, I, <laughs> Where's I, Adam? I very much miss Adam, but this is bad. <laughs> All right. We'll go into the news. We got plenty of news. I got news. Dave's got news. Hagen's got news. But I'll kick us off. I have a news. I have one of news. Well, I'll kick us off. And right. this is a, uh, a lot of the news we're talking about this week are kind of topical and of stuff we've talked about in the past couple months. Okay, I was about to say. Year. I was I was about to say news is is topical. Yes, that is the point of news, but you finished your sentence, so I'm sorry. I but I had to say the mean thing still. I can't <laughs> wait to be off this phone call. This has been so aggressive. I've had Coming such a hot, slow Russo. just calm le- weekend and this is a weird way to just like, you know, cherry I- on top. What did you think was gonna happen? I don't. I don't know what to tell you. What did you think was gonna happen? My computer fucked. Just, just fucked me right now. You think I'm gonna come in here calm now? You think I'm gonna come in here and be like, oh, I'm having a good day. I'm drinking kombucha. I got whiskey right here. I'm ready for a fight. Let's go. I think they're taking applications at the at the jean store. You fucking hipster. <laughs> They definitely don't want me. They don't. Sorry, they Jackson. Go me. ahead. <laughs> By the way, this is what rehearsals are like, too. <laughs> Not at all. I, I, I think I'm starting to resent this facade we've created of like, oh yeah, we like bicker and we're like really tough exterior. I, I think it's a poor representation of our relationship or not maybe i'm no. just wrong and uh no i just I, feel so comfortable around you guys that i can yell at you. Mm-hmm, that's it. That's mm-hmm. what it, that's what it is. Mhm. So 200 musicians capitalizing on the boredom and free time that Americans have in 2020 have banded together to complete Sufjan Stevens' 50 States Project. And when I say to complete, I mean they have already done it. Um, This was 
led by a, I believe it was a comedian. Yeah, comedy writer Joey Clift. There's a really exhaustive article about this on Pitchfork that I'm sure Adam will link to. Uh, and I haven't listened to any of them because I want to listen to Sufjan Stevens do this, but I do think it is a really cool way of, you know, kind of using your free time. And if this gets somebody's music, you know, kind of discovered, that's cool. And it's, it's varying artists. It's like really small artists. I think the biggest artist was, there was like a member of some relatively known band that did a song, but it's basically, there's like a, um, a SoundCloud playlist of, okay, well I did my, uh, I did my Kentucky, uh, and like, it's like songs, it's not full albums, but it's pretty cool. I, I'm really, I'm really glad that people, there was a lot of people who said, hey, I'm going to use this time to uh, finish this project or become XYZ, and I don't really know what came of that because a lot of people thought this would be a lot quicker than it has been, but I'm really glad to see something like this that has actually come to fruition, so kudos to y'all, everyone who's been involved. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Wasn't there one that was like a, a father asked their their kids if you guys want to write a song about whatever state it was, and they were like, "Yeah." So then they all, you know, had a had a good old family time and recorded a song together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is this maybe isn't something? And it's varying qualities. There's some that are like obviously people know what they're doing recording wise, or they went to a studio, and then there's some. It's like oh, they just recorded on their phone or something like that. And to be honest, that when you're talking about a 50 states project and like the varying uh, cultures of every single state in the U.S., I think that's a really good way of going about this. So I will never listen to all the songs that were submitted, but it's really cool that this happened. Yeah, that's super cool. I wonder, I I just, because Sefion hasn't uh, commented on it yet, right? I don't believe he has. He just released a new album this year, and I don't even think I've really talked about it because it was just kind of meh um Mm. it did yeah but moving on um got two biopic uh music biopic topics or news items there is a new david bowie biopic coming out it's called stardust it got a trailer i haven't watched the trailer but a lot of people have said it looks very boring and it looks very (laughs) you know bland but what i found super interesting when reading up about it is the David Bowie biopic will feature no David Bowie music because his family did not approve of this biopic, but they still went ahead with it. Kind of sounds like maybe they shouldn't have done it then. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're cashing in for sure. I mean, and I bet it'll make a decent amount of money. I don't know how much, if it'll be worth it. I don't think there's any like huge names in it. Um, But I don't, know if that really helps or hurts i mean it hurts the credibility of a movie but there's no reason why it should hurt the actual quality of the movie i mean would y'all disagree on that i think it depends on on how much they've had to rewrite the script around not having any of his music involved in it so if they had to do that a lot then maybe i mean i wonder if they're writing their own david bowie-esque songs to you know help the plot along who knows? But yeah, I think maybe they should have stopped the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's no way they would have done that. That kind of seems like a really big like, hey, we're going to make this movie about this musician. It's going to be really cool. 
oh, we don't have permission to the, to use the music. I guess we probably can't make that movie. That's yeah. kind of where I where my thought would go there. But I mean, I guess good try. Uh, so I'm looking at the IMDb, and I don't. I, I guess it's out. I don't know, but there's already uh, like scores, and it has a 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, fair enough. Well, I you know, I I think biopics, especially music biopics, are really getting exhausting at this point. And even Bohemian Rhapsody, which is like the one that garnered so much attention, did super well at the box office, got oscars um i don't believe it got any grammys but it you know did super well even that wasn't it didn't get great reviews i mean the performances got good reviews but not the actual quality of the film because it felt very revisionist and there was was just these uh patrick h willems who i've mentioned before has a great youtube video talking about uh music biopics and they just all feel like sports movies at a point and I, I don't want to watch a sports movie about Queen. Like that's one of my favorite bands. It feels weird. That's such a that's such a great way to put it. They feel like sports movies. <laughs> yeah. But my my second uh, music biopic topic was that the rapper Nelly is, has been has signed on to play Chuck Berry in an upcoming biopic. The movie is called Clear Lake, which uh, I don't know chuck berry well so uh oh no this isn't a new buddy holly biopic oh shit i read this wrong my bad so he's playing chuck berry in a buddy holly biopic yes okay so clear lake is a reference to the location where buddy holly richie valens and the big bopper died in a plane crash that's okay that completely changes this whole thing because i was like can nelly carry a film it's not his first time acting he was in that um Adam Sandler movie. What was that called? Like, oh yeah, uh, shit. The Nelly, I, not, that's Great Iron Gang, I think. Oh yeah, I think that's what it was called. Did he play uh, him? No, the long, the longest well, yard, longest yard, the longest yard. Yeah, so it's not his first time. I mean, he was decent in that movie, and that was a decent movie for the time. But uh, I was sitting there thinking, like, damn, can he carry a movie? And you know, doesn't look like he has to. It's interesting when uh, musicians decide to take a role like that especially because i don't know how active nelly has been in releasing music over the last decade or so so maybe you know it could have been a thing where it's like his this all of a sudden a big breakout acting performance where he nails the role of chuck berry that's true yeah oh yeah absolutely i I definitely wasn't trying to cast any doubt that he could do it it was more of a oh you know that that's new i mean david (laughs) bowie was in a handful of movies and i would argue he was great in a lot of the movies he was right. in. And yeah. you probably wouldn't have expected that at the time. Uh, Nelly was also in four episodes of CSI New York. Really? Yeah. He apparently had a recurring role for a couple episodes in CSI New York. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if he took the um, little, uh, the Band-Aid off his cheek <laughs> for that. What a weird, what probably. a weird signature look. I'm sure it's in his contract that he has to keep it on. <laughs> Hey, what, like his stylist is like, what are you thinking for the look of the video today? He's like, I'm going to put a Band-Aid on my cheek. <laughs> She's like, what? Yeah, yeah, a Band-Aid on my cheek. Everyone's going to love it. No one knows why. I don't even know why. <laughs> I just want a Band-Aid on my cheek. It's like the fucking um, Pulp Fiction, the Band-Aid on the back of the neck of that the Marcellus one the boss Wallace. character. Yeah. yeah. 
and it spawned so many fucking theories but i think realistically like the actor just had like a something like a, a cut on the back of his neck or something like yeah, that it was one, one of the theories was that he had like it was like his a hole inside of his head or something it's like the whatever was in the briefcase related to that yeah yeah so but, weird wonderful wonderful, wonderful. shit so Moving on to more serious news. This is the what I call the the business chat news. Spotify will promote artists. They have uh, announced that they're uh, going to promote artists' music if they agree to a lower royalty payment. So the, if I didn't explain that well, the whole idea behind this is if a you know if a small artist like Moniker per se wants a little bit more promotion from Spotify themselves and we're willing to take a, a, a lower cut of our royalty payment, then Spotify will help out. And before I open the floor to chat about this is I, you know, I normally am pretty negative about stuff, but, you know, in an industry like this, you know, this doesn't really quite upset me it's not a forced thing it sounds like you know it's really hey here's an opportunity to do this and it's not a forever thing you can get that promotion and then say okay we're we don't need spotify's help anymore and now we would like our normal royalty oh so you can you can opt out i believe so it's kind of vague on that but uh, you know i'm all for it i mean there's a lot of things even i assume in acting i assume in any type of artist uh career you there are some you got to weigh the pros and cons of okay well if i take this what could it lead to maybe i'm not saying it should be that way but it is something that it's just kind of like well you know would i take a supporting role at a show for you know a half of my payment but i know i'm playing to a thousand more people than i wouldn't earlier yeah right. i'd probably do that that's yeah. kind of how i feel about it I think it also depends on what what that looks like percentage wise because you know to be facetious it's like we're talking about point zero zero four three or four four cents per stream. How much more of that can you give away? But then you know if you're making if you're having uh, ten thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, maybe that's I don't know how much money that would be, but if, let's say if it's a hundred dollars and they want. $20 to promote your music. Would you guys do it? You know, it, it's all a gamble. So I really don't know. I would just have to come to that bridge. It just really depends on where I am. My, you know, music, what level of success and listenership that I was at that moment. It's, it's really, and I know a lot of people say that, but it just depends on any situation. I like to prepare for everything, but you just, you, you can't really know until you get to it. Let's say, let's say, let's say, no matter what, in in the price range we're talking about, in the small number of listeners, they take something like twenty percent, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. You're not already not making that much money. Twenty percent is like, oh, it's fucking bullshit. But the way that you win the Spotify listeners is by getting on the playlists. So the right. algorithm picks you up sometimes and just just puts you on if you fit into the if you fit into the algorithm and you fit into whatever. Sometimes someone at Spotify will just put you on without really letting you know. But if you have a guarantee that you will be on the Spotify playlists and you will be a part of X, Y, and Z thing, then yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem like it would be, it, it seems like it's like totally worth it, especially if it's something you can opt out of. Like if it's a thing, cause so let's say again, 10,000 monthly listeners, right? 
and let's say it's you know however much money let's say a hundred dollars like you said they take twenty dollars to do this Let, let's say hypothetically that could potentially give you another ten thousand monthly listeners right if you yep. get put in, if you get put in the right playlists in front of the right people you get more listeners just like that and then if you want to opt out that's cool but i don't know it's uh to me it's like it's a thing that people are going to see it and they're going to be like god spotify is slimy but it's like hey we already knew that nothing new there that's not news the interesting thing is they're actually giving you an opportunity with that they're actually like it's kind of like it's i mean it's not exactly, but it's kind of like you're paying Spotify for them to do it, right? It's kind of like you're like, hey, here's a little bit of my money so you can help me out. Um, so I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. If you don't want to do it and you hate Spotify, that's totally fine. But I think that it, it seems like it'd be only potentially beneficial because especially from like a band of our, of our stature, we're not making big bucks. No. So to lose however much, it's not that big of a deal. But to potentially get put in front of however many more people is like, oh, that's that's great. Let's do that. So if you multiply, uh, you know, point zero zero four three seven by ten thousand, so say if that's monthly listeners, that would be forty three dollars and seventy cents a month. Yeah, that's so that that <laughs> but that's one listen per listener. That's what that's right. what you just did right there, right? So that that would be ten thousand plays, right? Right, ten thousand listeners, right? So. That's $43. Take $20 away. I don't give a fuck. $43. You think $43 is doing something for me right now? For the I mean, chance to make, to potentially double it and make $60. Sure. But, but you have, but you have, now you have more people listening to your music. And that's what we're, that's why we're on Spotify. We're not on Spotify to make money. We're on Spotify because that's where you have to be so people can actually hear you and listen to you. Right. So, I mean, yeah, the money, but again, like, they they suck about the money thing in the first place. There's it, nothing. There's nothing new. It almost seems like an like a kind of an old school way that that you know labels would would. Uh, that's how labels would help artists. Is like we're going to take a portion or most of your money, or most of the money you make from this, but we'll fund it for you. So we'll help promote you, and it's like a PR scheme. I don't know. It's weird. It, it's like if you have a manager. It, it's the same idea, like paying a manager to get you shows or get your name out there. But all you need to do is think, okay, well, instead of having an actual person face-to-face I'm getting a management from, I'm getting Spotify, this, you know, uh, you know, corporation that doesn't really have a face per se and doing getting kind of the same thing out of it. You're just kind of picking and choosing where you want to, how you want to get or attempt to get your music out there. And one of the reoccurring themes that you always hear from successful bands or even not successful bands is that there is a point in your career where you say, oh, this is full time. And that's when everyone starts saying, okay, we need to split up the money and that kind of stuff. But before that, everyone in the band always talks about, okay, this is like all the money we make goes back into the band. And that's pretty that's pretty common amongst I've never heard a band ever say anything but that at our level onwards because it's always that idea of hey we're we're all working outside of this and any whatever small amount of money we have on this we we should just put it back into whether it's you know buying a touring band whether it's getting a manager whether it's putting your uh paid promotions up I mean it's this is just another way of doing that, and I think people are going to jump to conclusions on this just because of their preconceived notions of Spotify, which that's why I started this off by saying, hey, I'm normally that guy. 
but I think you should think about it a little bit before you uh, jump to the hostility and anger about right. it. Right, yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not like, you know, it's not like they're saying, hey, uh, we're going to take all of your money and then put you, that that would become like basically pay to play. That's not what they're doing. It's they're, they're, the manager analogy is great. It's like they're taking a cut. They're taking a cut of how much, you, they, you know, they, you know, managers take 20% or whatever. They're taking the same thing, right? So that works. Um, at first, Nelly wore the Band-Aid to cover up a basketball injury. <laughs> but according to Entertainment Weekly, after that scar healed, Nelly kept wearing it in honor of ex-Saint Lunatic Lavelle Webb, a.k.a. City Spud, who collaborated with Nelly on his hit song, Ride With Me. Nelly says that Webb, who is serving a 10-year sentence for robbery, is innocent. Quote, I, kn- I-, I know when he sees me on TV and sees me wearing this Band-Aid, he knows I'm wearing it for him. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very Thank sweet. you for sharing that information. His, his, his friend's in jail, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to wear a Band-Aid for you. <laughs> You know, I had another piece of Spotify news, but who gives a shit? Let's move on. Um, This one was kind of big. Dave, you sent it, and I didn't read too much into it, uh, but Ticketmaster announced that it it, it plans to check the COVID vaccine status of its customers before they can purchase tickets to shows in the future, which that sounds pretty great if that's what that sounds like. It also sounds like there's a lot of room for error you know, because like it, it's already widely known that you cannot trust the American public to do anything right. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree, Dave. Because it, especially here in Texas, everybody's yeah. got that uh, sign up that says, "Hey, you have to wear a mask due to state law." But you walk in, and you know half the workers aren't wearing a mask. Everybody's got it under their nose. That kind of shit. So. I, whenever I read that, I also had that healthy skepticism of like, yeah, they're just saying this to make people like me who are not comfortable going to shows until there's something like a vaccine and, you know, I'll buy a ticket because I think they're doing it right. But I really have no way of validating that. Yeah. So if there was, if there was to be optimistic, if there was some way to substantiate that and, and show that they can do this accurately then that would be amazing because I miss going to shows. The article had like a, it, they explained how they're going to do it. And I forget all the, all the details, but they explained it. I, I, it seemed fine to me. I think there was, there was something about it. I, it, it, it does seem like there, there could be like a, a large margin for error, but no matter what, from, from remembering what I read, it kind of just looks like they're going to be like, they, they need, they need proof. You have the vaccine. And if you don't have the vaccine, then you're going to, you know, do this. They're still going to be taking, checking temperatures, all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, it's a cool concept. I hope it works. I also worry it's going to be like a concept. It's just going to be that. And that this is something that they're saying now to make people comfortable. And then they're hoping a year down the line, when we start opening shows up again or whatever that is, that, Nobody really looks into it, that they're just trying to hope that by putting this, hey, we're going to do this, and, you know, that'll be enough. Yeah, you I just assume that they've that. done their due diligence and that it's accurate. Yeah, which, I mean, a lot of people will just, yeah, they'll just go for it and just go to those concerts and, you know, Trapped will have shows again. 
Jackson, you are uh, you are you are twirling your mustache there. That's what's happening. Yes, I yeah. looked at you and your must your mustache was curled up, and I'm like, this beeswax. What it's, you doing there, buddy? The, the irony is that he doesn't drink, but he looks like Captain Morgan. <laughs> I don't think I do. When you twirl your mustache, you do. I had a guy at a party once who he had a really nice mustache and it was twirled and I asked him like, oh shit, how do you do that? You have like uh, wax to do that or some type of gel? And he, he looked me dead in the eye and he's like, no man, if she doesn't want it to stay up, then it won't stay up. You don't force it. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck, dude? Holy shit. <laughs> that was a weird like allegory or whatever that was. Yeah, it was what really conversation was he having? Yeah. maybe <laughs> His name was Jackson as well. It was oh. a really, really weird conversation because I said, oh, hey, I'm Jackson. And he goes, shit, my name's Jackson too. And we had a long conversation. And this guy was like the polar opposite of me. Like anything you can say about me, he was the opposite. Like I don't drink, <laughs> I don't do drugs. He was telling me about how he's always fucked up, how he's always doing hardcore drugs and shit. I was just well, like, damn, this guy's crazy. There's the reason for his response. I like that you said, like he said, shit, my name is Jackson too. My brain immediately imagined this guy going through life thinking he's the only person named Jackson. <laughs> and that everybody's names, like he doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know two Daves. He doesn't know even one Hagen because what kind of name is that? It's a good point. It's a good point. Thanks, mom. <laughs> uh, mm. Sorry, Hagen's mom. I love his name. <laughs> Dave, um, okay. didn't you have a piece of news? I did, yeah. It was about uh, Taylor, the ongoing Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun fraud. Uh, fraud. <laughs> Feud is the word I was looking for. Is uh, apparently settled, and uh, recently Shamrock Capital Content Fund bought uh, all the all the masters from Taylor Swift's catalog for her first six records, I think, for three hundred million dollars. Uh, I don't think it was just Taylor Swift. Uh, back catalog, but it was uh, sold by Scooter Braun, who represents or has represented Ariana Grande, Carly Rae Jepsen, Zach Brown Band, discovered Justin Bieber, and used to represent Kanye. So I think you know any or all of that material is included in the three hundred million dollar purchase. Um, this company, Shamrock Capital, reached out to Taylor Swift. To say, hey, we're gonna try to work with you on this, and so that you can get your masters back, because that's a big part of the thing. Is that much like we were talking about Kanye uh, a couple of weeks ago, Taylor Swift wants her masters back. So uh, the P- Scooter Braun's people said before she could even have a chance to make a bid on her masters, they wanted her to sign an NDA that she wouldn't say anything negative about Scooter Braun ever again. And she immediately was like, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm not even going to do that. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that that whole situation, at first it felt, whenever this first started happening, um, felt like a he, sh- see, he said, she said thing. Exactly, And yeah. then, as more and more came out, I don't think Scooter Braun is some evil dude. But no. It, it, he definitely came out in the wrong here and that kind of like, oh, he it, it sounds like he kind of undercut her and didn't give her a chance to buy her own music, all that kind of stuff, even though he claims he did. Um, and as I said, it still is somewhat he said, she said, but it does feel like he was very much, um, you know, the worst of the two and 
having somebody sign an NDA like that is so fucking stupid, especially after everything that's happened. Yeah, because she cited she did, she made some sort of uh, social media post where she said that um, upon learning that Scooter Braun first owned the Masters when he bought the label, uh, where is it at? What's it called? Big Machine label owned by Scott Braschetta. Um, she said, uh, all I could think about was the incessant manipulative bullying I've received at his hands for years. So that kind yeah. of thing is like, I don't think Taylor Swift would have a reason to lie about that. She, she's, for however truthful this is, she seems like a quite an honest artist. We know that she's written songs about other people that she's been with in varying degrees of past relationships. She doesn't seem to have any reason to lie about this stuff. The cool thing about it is that she's taken it upon herself to say, all right, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to re-record those albums and re-release them under my own shit so that I own those masters. That's interesting. I wonder how well that'll work. Yeah, Who knows? That... But, you know, think about, like, uh, I saw this other, these people talking about it, they made a good point that was, like, if some if a company like Pepsi wants Taylor Swift to do a halftime Super Bowl show, if they want to use any of her music, they're going to go to her for it and not to uh, Shamrock to get the licensing because they want to keep a good relationship. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of badass. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, that... <laughs> It's cool. It's cool. I don't know. I, 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 it all seems very, um, uh, all seems like some people just aren't paying enough attention to things. And if people paid attention to things and this wouldn't happen, I mean, it's like how, I mean, I'm sure the contracts they sign are massive, but it's like, I, I don't know. It just seems like we, this could have been avoided or, yeah, I mean, she was 15 when she signed that record deal, that first deal that said that she wouldn't own her masters, but that they would make her famous you know roughly right. uh, yeah. said that and a lot of artists go into that and most of the time whenever you hear of artists getting their masters back it's because they leverage their new material for the rights to their previous masters yeah so they're like if this new album does well then i want the rights to the first album that i released i want the masters to those and then they continue rolling that forward until you know hopefully by the end of their career they have enough revenue to buy the masters to one or two albums because they don't want to continue making records she might have in her career, what, 12 albums before she stops, you know, maybe retires or decides right. to not record anymore and does legacy tours. And that's half of her discography. Right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And this isn't a new thing and it's not even a pop thing. This is something, you know, Oasis is notorious for this, um, especially because a lot of it's going, you know, the Gallagher brothers bicker all the time, but a lot of the masters go back to Noel. They don't go to Liam or anybody else who was in the band at the time. So it's one of those things where whenever Liam gets it, he has stated on the record, whenever I get my masters back, especially for those first two albums, I'm going to sell them immediately to the highest bidder because I just want right. the fucking money. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So it's not a new thing. that, And, and that's from a band from the 90s, and it goes even further back than that it, this is just a music industry michael jackson buying all the rights to the beatles music after you know that famous interview with paul mccartney telling michael jackson how to he was like you should start a publishing company and this is why you should do it and then he does an impression of michael jackson saying i will start a publishing company and i'm gonna own your music <laughs> <laughs> and then mccartney's like and he did <laughs> that's funny that's great so that, that's pretty cool. Um, 
I, I got a, another NDA restricted uh, piece of news. ACDC's uh, Brian Johnson. If you guys, let me back up a little bit. If you guys remember ACDC's, I forget what year it was. They just released a new album called Power Up like a week or two ago. I haven't listened to it, but we all know what that sounds like. Yeah, I was going to say, you know exactly yeah, what it sounds I'm not, like. I'm, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a friend we were talking to. I was like, did you hear the new Foo Fighters song? And he was like, no, but I, I saw ACDC released a new album. And I'm like, and you care because why? Like, why do you like who you know what it's going to sound like? You know exactly what that album's going to sound like. And he's like, oh, what What do you mean? I'm like, have you heard? What do you What do you mean? What, why, why are you asking me this question? Of course, <laughs> and every ACDC song sounds the same. And, and that's why you had a friend. <laughs> I'm not shocked when I look this up. So uh, the year that I'm referring to when I cite all this the turbulence that they experienced was 2016, which if anybody remembers, even outside of politics, was a pretty fucked up year because we lost Bowie, we lost Leonard Cohen. There was all these famous people that people idolized that That's died. That's kind of what started the whole, like, I can't wait until 2016 is over and kind of shit. And then exactly. every year since then, it's been going downhill. Shit drives me nuts. I hate I hate that so much. Like, uh, in 2016, I hated that. That was the yeah. worst. It's like, this year is not to blame. Things happen. Jesus, yeah. don't blame. I really wish Adam was here to, you know, agree with me here. But I really think at this when we started this show, I was the really negative one, and I think we've pivoted, and Hagen's the negative one now. <laughs> he seems really upset. I think, I think, I think you have. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that you have worked hard to not be as negative in your day to day. And I think that it comes out on the show really well that you've put a lot of work into that. And my day-to-day is that I'm a very polite person, and I need to get it out somewhere. I got to yell and be angry sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That was very positive of you to say that about me, and I really appreciate that you have uh, noticed that. Back into ACDC, 2016 rolled around. They had a pretty turbulent year. If you don't remember... A uh, longtime member, Malcolm Young, who was also Angus Young's brother, passed away of dementia. Very sad. He was one of the co-founders and obviously a brother uh, in more ways than just one. Um, their drummer had a lot of legal issues, was not allowed to tour with them on their most recent album because he had, I believe it was drug issues like he had a bunch of uh, drug charges that were looming over him and also murder for hire plot Ooh, yikes but then on top of that they finally got um i think you know i I think it was like steven adler or someone like that ended up touring with them because it's always steven adler um is that that i I may be wrong on that see the is that that lawyer the hammer steven adler is that that guy steven adler or jim adler Oh, maybe uh, that's what it, maybe that's what it is. Jim Adler, the, is he the hammer? Is that what he is? It's a law what firm. I think I think that's I think that's who I'm thinking of. All right, I'm glad I interrupted you. Go ahead. I'm really I'm really uh, happy about that too. So I, I felt like I was really on a good roll there. I wasn't saying um. I wasn't stopping. Sorry, Jackson. But finally, they got on tour. They're touring their 2015 album Rocker Bust and. Uh, Brian Johnson, their singer, he abruptly had to leave the band because he went to the doctor and they, the doctor said, if you play any more shows, you will go deaf. And when the doctor said that, 
he was like, oh, so I can finish this tour. He goes, no, I cannot guarantee you if you play one more show, because they don't wear in-ears, they don't do anything like that because they're a classic rock band. Because they're idiots. And, yeah, that's toxic masculinity right there. It's very yeah. thinly veiled toxic masculinity, not wearing ear protection. That's very stupid, but I digress. So the doctor said, I can't, you've gotten, it's gotten so bad that if you, it could be one more show, it could be a hundred more shows, it could be one more show, but you will go deaf permanently. So he, he did the smart thing and he said, I cannot resume the tour. He left. And then um, the singer of Guns N' Roses, Axel Rose, he ended up filling in for the tour. And there was a lot of speculation of, oh, I guess Axel Rose is the new member of um of uh, acdc acdc it's a good and fit. but then yeah apparently the tour that he was on when he filled up the show or filled out the shows it made sense people were like this is actually really good he's not being the normal asshole he is he is very much like a hired gun which is really nice they finished the tour they announced a new album with all the members except for malcolm young obviously mm-hmm. who um were in the band prior so Phil Rudd, the drummer, the problematic drummer, is back in the band. Everything he's been, I believe, exonerated for. And then also, Brian Johnson is back. And the reason why I bring this up, I mean, that's cool and everything, if you're, especially if you're an ACDC fan, but the reason I bring it up is the reason he was able to rejoin the band is because of a special new hearing aid that uses the bone structure in the skull as a receiver. And that was all he was allowed to say about it. I read this whole interview about it. And the reason he can't say anything else is because the people who called, basically, they I guess they were ACDC fans or they found out about it and they said, hey, um, we're working on this thing. Would you want to be our test case scenario? We think we could fix your situation. And he said, yeah, they tested it. And he said it worked amazingly. And he said, I can't say anything else because I'm NDA restricted because this is such like cutting edge technology. And I just thought, you know, even if you don't like, ACDC, that's a super fucking cool story. That is a massive breakthrough in technology and advancement for like human like healing. Think about kids right? that are born without the ability to hear and not even needing eardrums. That's something that a lot that they've been working on for uh, a long time. Um, they like there's different sort of implants that you can get, but a lot of times it's it's that they they use bone to like help with like vibration and stuff like that within the ear. Um, is that like the, the cochlear, cochlear implants? Implant. That's the main one that you, that, that happens. Um, and it's like, you're not, I think it's that you're not like usually fully deaf to be a good candidate for a cochlear implant. I think you have to be just like, like mostly like, it's, it, but, uh, there, there are other things that, that they can do, but this is a really cool one. This is like the next, this is the next giant step to, to helping with those sorts of things. But that's amazing. It shouldn't encourage people to not fucking wear earplugs and wear in-ears still oh, do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. A PSA for our listeners, hearing damage is permanent. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks. Like I have gotten into, you know, hearing protection when I play, no matter, even if it's just practicing or even recording. Um, but there have been years, there were years of me going to rock shows and even ACDC, ACDC was probably the loudest show I've ever been to. And I remember coming out of that and like, I, just like deaf for a couple days yeah and then also like you know i have light tinnitus now and it's really not that bad but it's just something that totally avoidable yeah and i would have done it 
if there was a better culture around it growing up. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, you go I, to a rock show and you have all these 40 year old dads telling you, well, it's not very rock and roll. Yeah, I've had, I saw this footage of a, I've said this before on the show, I think, but a kid getting up on a Green Day, at a Green Day concert and wanting to play. And he has earplugs in and Billy Joel just like rips them out. And he's like, you don't need those. And it's like, yes, he does, motherfucker. Yes, he does. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I've even been at, I was at a gig one time where there was a little kid coming up to dance in front of the stage. It was like a toddler, like maybe four years old, three years old. And I I was like, hey, uh, to the band leader, I was like, can we stop? And can you mention that? I have earplugs and that that kid should use them like brand new ones. And they did. And the parents are like, Oh, thank you. It's like, be more responsible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a tricky one, especially because like the, the amount of hearing damage you get is obviously based on like loud sounds and, and a lot of exposure to them, but because of genetics and certain body types, you won't get it as quickly. Right. So like, I'm super lucky because for many years as a drummer, I didn't wear any ear protection and I do have, um, light ringing sometimes in my ear. Uh, but it's not it's not all the time. Very lucky about that. But there are some people that it just that doesn't happen. It's like if, if some if there was some people who played like I did, they would have permanent hearing loss and hearing damage and ringing in their ears. And it's just yeah. it, it's it's such an easy thing and it sucks to remember your earplugs before you go to a loud environment, but remember your earplugs. Put it in your bag, you know, put it in your pocket. Yeah. At the very worst, yeah. if you forget them and you go to a concert, you can try to stuff paper towel in there. And it, it will at least absorb some of the impact, but it's nowhere near adequate. Yeah. I got one more piece of news before I hand it over to Hagen for some exciting news. Oh, do I have him. to like talk uh, now? No, not yet. <laughs> you got a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a nap really fast. Sounds good. Go ahead and shut down your computer, let it take a break, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. So Tower <laughs> Records has announced that it's returning, or it already has returned, as an online store 14 years after its bankruptcy. If you don't remember, Tower Records was one of those pre-brick-and-mortar physical location um, stores that, or pre the collapse of that kind of stuff, uh, that was really prominent. And it's really interesting to see it come back. I don't really have many feelings about this. It's really interesting that they came back as an online store. Uh, I hope that works out well for them. And if it ends up being one of those situations where I have an alternative to buying physical media outside of Amazon, you know, I'll always take that. Oh yeah. And I don't believe I ever went to a tower records. I, I was very much went to a ton of, you know, stores to buy cds pre-2006 but i i don't remember going to a tower yeah. Records, so i don't really have any emotional investment to this of like oh shit i can finally support tower records again yeah i just read that they they had 89 stores so it's not that huge of a chain yeah but it is one of those i, I think it was one of those situations where whenever they filed for bankruptcy it was kind of like an apex predator type thing of like, oh shit, this is this means that you know the all of these other physical locations, these stores or single shops, all that kind of stuff. Like this is a really bad indication for the rest of the physical media environment. A sign yeah. of the times, yeah. I think apex predator was the wrong. Th- uh, reference there's a type of indicator species i think is what it's called i don't know there's the species that like if it starts going poorly for that species it's the canary in the coal mine so i apologize that i uh, said that wrong 
But within good timing, I'm handing it over to Hagen to give my mouth a fucking break. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yay. Yeah, give do those mouth stretches. Okay, so uh, th- this first one is, is I-, I think it's a pretty controversial thing. Uh, it's it, not controversial, but it definitely is a conversation starter for a lot of people. Um, so uh, I'm, I don't remember. I should have looked it up again, but I forgot. Um, so Doja Cat, for those who don't know Doja Cat, she is a um, very um, – very very famous pop star particularly got it getting big in the past year because of her song say so which is used on tiktok all the time for tiktok dances so that's where i first heard the song was because it was like a thing just on instagram and tiktok people use for whatever and uh so i've heard the song but i don't know what the song is uh you it's one of those songs yeah probably I've definitely heard it but i don't i don't know that it's doji I, w- I would probably say you and she has other stuff too that that, that have done that their songs have done really well but i i don't recognize them um but say so. man guys if you guys need me to sing you all of doja cat's discography i can because my partner is absolutely obsessed with her so i hear doja cat all the time whether i want to or not well and Do- Go doja it. cat isn't like without her own controversy before this stuff so i don't know if you i don't know if you, you you know about that stuff jackson but she's definitely been a controversial figure before this and for i would say more serious things um but this is a, a music related controversy so she performed at a uh, mtv award show and um she performed Say So, but it was like a metal arrangement of Say So. Um, and so they, in the in the guitar solo section, the uh, rhythm guitars and bass were playing the exact same thing from a Pliny song. Pliny is like a very well-known progressive metal guitar player and uh, producer and arranger, very talented guy. Younger than us, he's incredible. Um, Asshole. <laughs> Um, he's uh, just before we move on. If you don't, if you're curious, what type of music he releases, he's like a Chon type. He, you know, one of those guitar centric, yeah. like, um, not. I guess you could call him mathy, but that's the type of music. It's it's pro- it's, it's progressive metal. It's it's one hundred. It, it and he uses like more. He uses like a lot of like like synth patchy stuff to make like pretty sounds. Whatever. Anyway, he's amazing. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned it, listening to him at some point on the, on the show. So. Um, the rhythm section was playing uh, straight up like the main part of one of his songs during this performance. And uh, immediately she starts getting called out on Twitter by people like, Hey, like you, you stole this, like this isn't yours. And Pliny tweeted out like, it's really cool that uh, Doja cat likes my song handmade cities this much. And uh, you know, it was kind of like a little, like little coy from Pliny, but no, I mean, it wasn't clear that he was like mad he uh, he retweeted some stuff from another really great metal metal uh, podcaster and and the guy was basically saying like we shouldn't be angry at Doja Cat here because like first of all it wasn't her call she has someone she has a music yeah it was the, probably the music director she has a music director yeah so the music director probably just likes Pliny and if this was a nod this was a nod like and if it was an accident it was an accident but it's not our position to say anything else past that. Um, and people were still just like, you know, getting on Doja Cat's case about it and angry about it for Pliny. And Pliny was very, he posted an Instagram post about it and basically it was like, um, I'm upset because no one talked to me, but I'm like, that's being handled now. Like I'm uh, like, I'm already talking to the right people to get this made right. So everything is being taken care of. What we need to be, what what we honestly should talk about is that this was cool and this sounded good. 
and like we can make this he was like this isn't the first time that pop singers have used metal to their advantage and used it for certain things so we should be like encouraging this and like allowing this to happen as long as the right like channels are taken to make it happen Right, like I wonder how many Lady Gaga fans now listen to Metallica or vice versa because of their collaboration. Right, and and so like it's one it's one of those things where people are screaming about it. A lot of metal fans are like, "This is fucking bullshit," and and no way. I don't think I disagree, but it's like calm calm down. Like, yeah. it's bullshit, but it might have been an accident. And also, now Pliny maybe gets more listeners. Now some now people are gonna go, "Who's that Pliny guy?" Because I loved that arrangement that Doja Cat had. That's of, of say so, but people are very Dude, even. Pissed. The articles that were written about it, like the author of the article, will say, "Like to be honest, I didn't know who Pliny was until this mm-hmm. happened, and now I know who he is, and I love it." And I think you know personally, he handled it really well. Yeah, it's understandable that he was a bit you know miffed about it at first because I think his statement was like, "Yeah, would it have been nice a couple million views ago?" Yeah, yeah, but we're figuring it out now. It's totally all right. And I can't agree more that like more and more we're seeing pop artists using gent and any type of metal in their songs, just even like small portions of it. And I think that's really badass. And shout out to him for being really responsible and respectful about it and just saying, hey, this is a common issue in the music industry. We should handle that, but also we should be happy that, you know, they're now getting to see this music. You know, there might be some fucking six-year-old who sees that performance and is just like, damn, this went really hard. And then, you know, they're going to be the next metal god. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Or it's like, you know, I can definitely see a world in where there's a genre of music that's gent, like, club dance music. Yeah. When we were talking about Andrew WK, I said it's if that were in a metal club, if there were dance metal clubs, that would be the biggest record. But you know, moving in that direction where indie artists can get more light shown shown is shown a word. Yeah, yeah, it is. S H O W N. Nice. No. Well, yeah, I guess. Oh my God! Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, oh, it's, it's the grammar episode. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a very, it's a very tricky thing because we, it's this thing where a lot of metal musicians and people in the community are like, Hey, we are getting treated like shit here. Like people are taking from us and not, and and not giving us, is not giving plenty the correct, uh, credit. And anybody who says that it's like, Hey, maybe you should read for a second and see that Pliny said it's not a big deal. It's being sorted out. And on his Instagram post, he tagged the guitar player. He was like, yo, so-and-so sounded fucking great on this. Like he wasn't, he wasn't like tagging the guitar player to be like, what the fuck? He was like, great job. Oh my God, this is so good. And every, all of them, all the people like in his community are like, like not in his community, but like his band, they're also saying like, Hey, this is, this is cool like it sounds good it's like that that arrangement of say so i've watched that video multiple times because it's very good it's a very good arrangement it's it's frustrating how much uh if you have enough voices complaining about something it becomes a big deal when you know doja cat and the music director and Pliny want nothing to do with that being a big deal they could have dealt with that behind closed doors if the fans would just leave it alone but they have this sort of protection. Yeah. You know, they feel protected about like, no, he's ours. But it's like your your favorite guitar player gets more money 
and you're upset about that? Yeah, I saw. I, like, yeah, you know, I did. I did see a really funny tweet that was like, "Yo, just give my man Pliny a pop gig. Like, just just hire him already. Yeah. Don't do this. Just hire him to play in your band. <laughs> he could totally do that. Yeah. He looks great." Dave, I agree. Release the Pliny cut. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it makes me think of, I saw this thing today, it's off topic, but I saw Kevin Hart's new special is, uh, it's called Zero Fucks Given, and he put, uh, he put his, his newborn baby in a Zero Fucks Given onesie, and somebody made an, a head, like an article, it was, it was like, if, if Kevin Hart doesn't take those clothes off, he'll be hearing from child services soon. And Kevin Hart on his Instagram was like, are you fucking kidding me that this is a thing? Like, will you calm the fuck down? Get a life. <laughs> Dude, like, every fucking metal band has, like, onesies with fucking, like, cradle filth on it. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, yeah, but it's like yeah. people are people are too up in arms about shit that it's, it's not. It's the social justice warrior thing. I just didn't know that they were in the metal scene. They're everywhere. And speaking of people getting up in arms about things, we have the next one, which is uh, about Britney Spears. Uh, that her father remains in control of her conservatorship for now, dot, dot, dot. Um, yes, people are very up in arms, obviously, about this. I will say again, the Free Britney movement is a problematic thing. Uh, but uh, but yes, she needs to not be in the conservatorship. Um, the the quote from her lawyer, which, which is interesting. I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't even think about it. It's a court-appointed lawyer. She didn't hire. It's, it's, it's Yeah, it's not someone that she hired but that makes sense because that she makes has a, sense because she, she can't a, pay for it she's a fucking conservatorship she can't be in control of it so the court gave her a lawyer which That's is like so fucked yeah um so uh her lawyer said my client has informed me that she is afraid of her father she will not perform again if her father is in charge of her career we are really at a crossroads yeah that was the biggest thing to me was that the lawyer announced that Brittany intends to not perform as long as he's in charge. I think that's pretty crazy and it kind of takes any type of context out of it to show you, hey, this is how Britney feels about this. She either feels so frightful uh, or so scared of her father and the situation that she just doesn't want to feed into it anymore or she is so beaten down by this that she's decided I cannot give him any more money. Like I like, why why should she, why should anybody have to work for no reward? Yeah, I right. just I sincerely wish that she comes out of this okay, because yeah. it's it's you know it's her father. Yeah, I mean she's I a think... worldwide star and everyone loves her and I'm sure you know, uh, if she had everything that she wanted from this conservatorship, the one thing she won't have coming out of it is a good relationship with her father also it's a super negative um you know situation for any young person seeing this and thinking oh if i have one bad day there's the potential it could ruin my whole life because that's basically what happened to britney is she had yeah you know a mental break and everybody has that whether it's publicized or not everybody has those mental breaks where you know you just you either do something stupid or you just have a bad day and you can't get out of bed for a week or a month. It yeah, just so happens a, that hers completely has marred her life. It, it's just such a bad um, precedent to show a young kid that, hey, I can't uh, have a bad day without it completely ruining everything. Yeah. That's going to make everything worse for anyone. 
yeah i mean we all have bad days it's can't you can't judge a person on one moment i mean up to, okay well, let me retract that statement and say up to a certain extent you can if you have a bad day yeah. and kill somebody, you know, yeah. you get the consequences. I, I, but like... I think it's very important to note that that having one bad day is like everybody has a bad day. It really depends what that bad day looks like. Uh, in no way should this sort of thing happen to Britney Spears because she had a bad day. I think that no. she needed a different kind of care, which she didn't get. Um, the, other, the other thing that is of note is that the lawyer says that Spears is a, quote, high-functioning conservative, which I think we already kind of figured, but she – uh, she handles herself really well as a as a conservative. Like I think the whole, I mean, again, the whole point of being a con, like having a conservatorship as is that you need help, and I I think that probably she did, but now she doesn't, and so of course she's a quote unquote high functioning conservative. She is her own person doing well. I mean, was this like, what did this all start like eight years ago or something? Was that something what like it was? that? Yeah, it was something like close that. to a decade. It would have been what? it would have been two thousand eight. Right? Oh, that maybe that's what that was when her eight. breakdown was. That was when she, I think that was when it was. That's wild. You, uh, to think about that too, it's like I will say her Instagram is fucking terrifying, <laughs> but we don't know where that content is coming from. Sure, but well, so this is the other thing is that she has not spoken to her father in a long time. Is the other other part of the quote right there about the that? So it's like they're not even talking, and he still is like, "I control everything that you do." That's bizarre. That's like actual sort of like big brother type of shit but it's and from what i remember father. her dad kind of looks like that that guy shoe nice he doesn't look good <laughs> no he, he, looks he, he doesn't look good at all <laughs> um so yeah hopefully hopefully it, it changes again because they're um they're they're talking that, that it can it can still flip at some point down the road um for a number of reasons Really great that she has a lawyer who cares. Um, you know, obviously, if you, if you're a court appointed lawyer and you get this case, you're like, well, fuck, kind of have to. It's like it's like you know, I've talked about my obsession with with true crime, and you look at some of these like like celebrity cases. Like, imagine being the the prosecutor during the OJ case. You you you, oh you knew that you had to get this right. You yeah. knew you had to get it right. Um, but yeah. So um, that's the Britney thing. For those who get, we'll go. We'll, we have two more metal band things. So sorry, Olivia. Um, <laughs> so one of uh, them is semi-metal. Yeah. 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 Butt rock. So um, the the metal band. Uh, I, I guess they're new metal. Is that what we're gonna call them? Is that their, is that where they fit? New metal. Deftones. Yeah. Um, their guitarist Stephen Carpenter, uh, had, in a, in a podcast recently, uh, said that he is a flat earther and he is also an anti-vaxxer. So the exact quote, uh, oh, I don't have the exact. I'm sorry, uh, but basically, it's something saying, like nothing good come, nothing good has ever come from a vaccine. Yeah, what? it was something. It's something along those lines, and uh, he 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 says that he came to the conclusion of being a flat earther. Uh, over a period of time and investigating certain video presentations on the subject. And he also stated that uh, there's never been a vaccine created that's ever worked and called out the effectiveness of masks. Somehow, like, I mean, give that motherfucker polio or something, like, <laughs> and, and, like, see how quickly he changes his tune. What about some malaria, you little bitch? The earth is circle. <laughs> you can listen to him talk about it on, uh, on a, a podcast, podcast called... Um, 
Um, don't 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 listen to that. If yeah. you're curious, I'm just I'm gonna bleep I'm gonna bleep you out right there, Hagen. I'm not even gonna support that. Um, but he he did he did uh he did issue like an apology. Um, he basically was like, I didn't mean to upset anybody. Um, it's I too was, late, motherfucker. You did well. And the thing is, is that like. He's proud of it, and it's like, you know, I guess I'd like people to be proud of their views, but, like, we're talking about some pretty, like, idiotic, dangerous shit here. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm, again, I I'm started a... off, I started off, like, reading this and just kind of laughing at it, because all the articles paint him as, like, oh, yeah, he's been the most, uh, the largest advocate in the Deftones for smoking marijuana, and... All this shows is he's gone a little too deep in it, that kind of stuff. And I, I kind of giggled at it. I read uh, his quotes. I didn't listen to the podcast. But, you know, I laughed at it. And I thought, oh, you know, this isn't that harmful. And then the more I think about it, I was like, man, he does have a stage. And the potential of anybody who's on the fence who listens to him and respects him, uh, it's just potentially harmful for anyone and it's just a bummer i'm not necessarily super mad at the guy because he has come no. out saying like oh yeah i'm sorry i didn't know this would be that big of a deal but also it's just like if you could be a little careful it's the same stuff with john mayer john mayer has he's better now but early to mid in his career dude didn't have a filter uh and just the shit he would say was just offensive and also like just super not cool. Um, yeah. So, but he's way better about it now. And it's all that kind of stuff where, you know, it's a bummer he said that kind of stuff, but you know, hopefully this guy will and be a little better going on. We are, we are in such a time right now where if you say that, like if, if somebody big is like, yes, I'm a flat earther, yes, I'm anti-vax and here's why, the stage thing is, is, is definitely a big part of it, but also people are just kind of believing shit now. I mean, like it's something that I think about frequently because I am, I I really do love conspiracy theory, but not because I think that the earth is flat because I think it's interesting and people are fucking funny. Um, you know, like there's great, there's great flat earth documentaries out there about the people who believe it. And it's very funny, but it's like, (laughs) you're, you're, you, you watch it and it's like, Hey, um, so these guys, like there's like one, two or two scientists among you and they, they perform experiments and they go wrong every single time. And it's great to watch the experiments go wrong. And then they go, Oh, well, this is why it went wrong. So I'll try it this way next time. Um, well, yeah, but Hagen, like you are able to, like you and I are able to look at that and say, like, I love Roman mythology. I love, uh, you know, Norse mythology, but I like listening to it because it's good stories and I'm able to realize well that shit's not true right but these people there's the potential that like it's not that anymore people hear and they're like well yeah of course there's a fucking world serpent I believe in that it's groupthink. It's 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 cult thought. It's the idea of especially them all coming together. And they asked one of the guys in the documentary. They said, "What happens if it's if you find out that it's like it's round? What happens if you find out that it's not flat?" And he basically was he was like, "Well, I I wouldn't leave the community, and the community, you know, we would still stay the same, and and I I probably still wouldn't believe it. I probably would still think and it's like they're they're so into it because it's now their life, it's their community. And the crazy thing is that all of them believe this because someone hit fucking record on a webcam and posted it to YouTube, and there's no actual like they would they would rather believe some fucking nobody in the basement of their fucking house talking at a fucking webcam than." 
science or an article or the news. And so when someone like Stephen Carpenter then says it, it's like, oh, wow. So when I believe it, I'm right. When I believe right, it, yeah. I'm totally right. Because this guy also believed. He went, to, he went on the same thing that I did. He watched a YouTube video and then another one that proved that the earth is flat. Was it like the 1,000 proofs? But I mean, like, think about being in a band with that guy. <laughs> I've I've struggled with that before. I'm struggling with that currently because I'm in I'm in you know I'm involved in some projects where I have different political views with you know with the people in the band, and my my thought process has been like, I, hey, I'm just I'm just here for the. It's a business at this point. We're not we're not trying to create something as friends. Um, so it's a hard thing to to grapple with because like. Do you do you kick him out of the band because of his views? Do you try to reason with him, or do you just ignore it and continue on? You know, continue the legacy. They've been a band for what over twenty years. Yeah, you've been you've been friends with this guy and been in a band with him for that long. I mean, I, I I would hope that if I was in his situation and I suddenly was like, hey, I think the Earth is flat. I would hope you guys would be like, man, I love you, but like. Let's talk. Let's have a talk. And, yeah. and and then if that doesn't work, then I hope you still wouldn't kick me out. I hope you'd just be like, well, let's not talk about that around each other. Yeah. Because we're I friends. would just look at you and go, science, <laughs> science. Another example of this is uh, the system of a down. Their drummer oh, is yeah. a full-on Trump guy. He doesn't believe that the election results of 2020 are valid. He's a full-on Trump guy. And everyone, well, I don't know everyone else, but at least Surge is an adamant, like, hey, this is a fucked up situation we're in. And so people have asked Serge, like, hey, how do you feel about uh, John, who's the drummer, how do you feel about him being, you know, a Trump supporter? And he very blatantly just says, you know, it pisses me off. Like, of course, I'm so upset, but he's family. I think I think John is, like, I think he's married to, like, Serge's sister. So, like, he's not only, like, family in a band member way, but, like, I think he's, like, a brother-in-law. I may yeah. be inaccurate on that. But, um, so he was saying, like, dude, like, it frustrates me in more ways than just one, but I love the guy, and I know, like, yeah, it's just got to be a st- stressful situation. Yeah. So there's something to be said about, like, having your opinion about that online, especially over these last eight, close to nine months, we've all been just looking at the internet and seeing these things and, and, and largely um, forming uh, stronger opinions about the ways that we lean. And so the division that we are feeling is going to be amplified when people decide to go and see their family for these upcoming holidays. But what you're going to realize is that when you're actually in the presence of someone that you disagree with, you're not as loud as you are on the internet. <laughs> and like you said, Jackson, th- like literally they're, some, they're family. So it's not as divisive as when you're just reading about something you don't agree with. Yeah. I, I will say my final thought on this when we're talking about like how do you handle being, you know, friends or, you know, having a relationship with these people who you're like just diametrically opposed to. It really depends on the belief, but if we're talking about like, oh, your friend is starting to become like a white supremacist, I don't think we should be so focused on uh, converting white supremacists as we should be focused on um, sheltering the people who are actually being affected by people with those thoughts, the subjugated groups, the minorities, the LGBTQ plus community, all that kind of stuff. We should be 
lending a hand to the people who are actually being affected by assholes like that instead of being focused on like how can we change their minds and and yeah that's my thought on it that combined with education is a way that we can actually really see lasting change in the future yeah and 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 if and if you do have like a friend that is going that direction like it is okay to talk to them and say hey i'm uncomfortable with this and i don't think we should be friends anymore or like hey like if it like this doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm sure my opinion doesn't make any sense to you. Um, I think what you think is wrong. So let's not talk. It's okay to do that. It's totally fine. You know, this is something that, this is something that we should be able to talk about with the people that we love, even if they are on the other side and say, Hey, I don't agree with it. And I don't think we should talk about it or be friends or be close anymore. I mean, it's, it's totally okay. And it can suck, but more important things are are at hand here. But in the case of anti-vax and flat earth, I think that, you know, if you're close enough with somebody and they come out and say that they are flattered or an anti-vaxxer, I mean, it's dangerous thinking, but there's ways you can still be friends with them, but it definitely, it definitely will hinder something because it's, it's a, it's a dangerous thing, especially with the vaccine stuff. Yeah. Just not during flu season. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's also like just Darwinism, like eventually anti-vaxxers will not be around. (laughs) Well, Hagen, um... I believe your last news topic is uh, about a couple social media outlets who decided to no longer be friends with a certain somebody. It's really good news, everybody. It's really good news. I didn't want to talk about them anymore, but they made me talk about them uh, because they trapped, got banned from Facebook and Instagram for hate speech. Get them the fuck out of here. We're done with them. They're, it's over. Go have fun on Parlor, and which they are having fun on Parlor. Literally saw a tweet from them. I was like googling trap to find like like multiple news sources about this, and uh, Google just gives you like the Twitter feed if it's a popular Twitter feed, and like the tweet was like, "Man, uh, Parlor's like free speech is so much better than Twitter's. Like Twitter's is like you you can't say anything on here, but Parlor is like fucking ten out of ten, best fucking free speech in the world. I can say whatever I want." Um, so yeah, so he's gone. They're gone. They're gone from Facebook. Um, he said, uh, they said they're going to sue. Yeah. So, so he, they posted a, a, a proud boys thing and, uh, something about, um, something about like America, whatever, and the election and so on. And then they tweet, he tweeted out, he said for posting this pic and saying the same thing in the post, Facebook has completely deleted the trap Facebook account. They said, they, they said, don't use the phrase proud boys. I specifically told Facebook trapped fans uh, that I could not say the name. I will be suing Facebook was also a post about Parler. Um, and then Instagram deleted them and just keeps happening. And they are, you know, pra- trapped blaming the SJWs. They're blaming the left. They're blaming, uh, what, what else is it? Uh, Antifa. I mean, it's like, it's all, they're blaming everybody for this shit. But they're happy on Parler. So leave them the fuck there. Just don't come back. We don't want, no one wants you. Yeah, sort it out, sort that shit out. I think that you know there is a to a certain extent the the uh, cancel culture can be a bit strong and say what you will about social justice warriors. But if you're spewing absolute bullshit and like like you said, you have a platform you, like and and man, here's the thing: like yeah, free speech, <sighs> free speech so is fucking frustrating. Free speech is like a thing. Sure, totally, one hundred percent. When you signed on to make a Facebook account, an Instagram, and a Twitter, I kind of bet there was a terms and services agreement that you signed, and I bet or you agreed to, and I bet somewhere in there it says they could delete your account whenever the fuck they want to if you don't follow the rules. So, 
why are you pissed about this? You didn't follow the rules. You broke the fucking rules on there and they have the right to do it. It's like, it blows my fucking mind how someone who like, how these kinds of people tend to be, it's also like, if we go like the mask wearing in a private Mm -hmm. business, it's like, no, it's a private business. That's how it works. And that's what's happening here. And aren't, don't you guys like private business? Isn't that the whole thing that the right likes? They like private business and owners to do what they want to do. It blows my fucking mind. All right. All right. We've gotten so amped up here. I'm going to fuck you. I, trap. I got, see you later. I, yeah. Fuck you trap. That's totally fine. I think we all agree. Good. No, wait, actually, actually I mean, they're one, not going anywhere. One, one more thing. One more thing. Can we, can we challenge trap to see, can we, can we like, can we, can we call them out even more and see if they'll come for us? Cause I think we'll get a lot of listeners if they come for us. I mean, oh, how am go. I going to tag them? Uh, uh, where will I tag? We, them? we have, we, we have a, a Twitter. Parlor. We have a Twitter. Don't we have oh, a- I'm so happy to do that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll figure this out. All right. But uh, be on the lookout for our trapped feud. But I, I'm going to try and reel us in, and I'll try and end this news segment on a positive note. I find this very positive, and I really, I'm. this is your chance, Hagen, in this on a upbeat, uh, no pun intended. But Lars Ulrich, in, a, in an interview this past week or so, uh, in response to the criticism of his drumming and people saying that he's a bad player and all that kind of stuff, he very, very uh, solemnly just said, you know, I used to be obsessed with that and that used to really affect me and upset me, but I've got nothing left to prove. And honestly, I really, I think that's kind of like endearing. I never thought I would be endeared by Lars Ulrich, but I kind of like this idea that he's like, you know, I'm comfortable with myself, no. and I just, it doesn't no. matter. Don't let him have this. He said, I've got nothing left to prove. That is so douchey. That is so <laughs> douchey to be like, I got nothing left to prove. I'm good. I'm all good. Don't worry about it. Fuck you. You have so much I think so he might be biased here, Hagen. Dave, do you have any thoughts on this before we close this segment? Um, I think it's, I'm trying to be positive. How do I? My first thought was that I could hear Lars going, have you seen my bank account, bitch? Yeah. I've got nothing left to prove. Uh, but it's nice It's nice to sound, to hear Lars kind of somewhat sound civil and not so douchey. So maybe he's, uh, uh, his, his sharpness is getting doled out in his older age as much as his drum skills are. This is not good news. I will I will adamantly disagree. This is this is this is uh this is just Lars being Lars. He doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's going to be he's going to be worse now. He's going to be a worse drummer cuz he has nothing left to prove. Get better. <laughs> practice. Coming all right. Next. This is something I the have Metallica to do. Ballads album. This is real quick practice, all right? Acoustic. Everyone listening, everyone everyone listening, go practice because Lars didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's making a bunch of money, but he's that one in a million. Go practice, everybody. All right. I want to talk about what I'm listening to. Are we ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'll go first. Hey, listen! <laughs> Fuck, I ruined it. Uh, Hagen's, uh, Hagen's computer froze. Dave, what are you listening to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've listened to uh, Phantom Planet's new album that came out, I think, in June or July. It's called Devastator. I think it's their first album in a decade, and it's really good. I finally found something that uh, I can listen to where I'm like, yeah, this is really good. I don't just want to turn this off and listen to Dawes because my uh, fellow showmates guilt me into listening to different music. 
<clears throat> anyway, so yeah, Phantom Planet. <laughs> I'll insert like an aww track right there. Oh, that's Please perfect. Do that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackson. Yeah, so I've been listening to two like diametrically different like tonally things. So I started a new um, game of God of War PlayStation 4 this week. And because of that, I started listening to the Swedish um, Viking metal band, Amon Amarth. Uh, that's been a band that I've always really been a fan of since their, like, I think it's 2006 album uh, with Odin on our side. And there, it is a, just a unique experience playing this Norse mythology game while listening to Viking metal. Uh, so I really went into this deep rabbit hole of just listening to them. And then also they have a documentary that's out. And I was really just captivated by the band entirely. I didn't know much about them until that documentary. And I fucking loved it. Uh, I don't know which song it was, but... There is a special place in hell for anyone who ends a metal song by fading out. That happened on one of their songs, <laughs> and I just about wanted to pull my hair out. But <laughs> Amon Amarth is like just like a really unique experience. It's nothing like mind-bending as a lot of metal has become nowadays, where you really got to think about it. It's very straightforward metal, and I really love that. I, I really I'm not a I'm not a fan of the. Um, uh, direction we're going with a lot of popular metal the you know really like varying time signatures it's not bad it's just i don't love it and this is very like straightforward no time signature changes it it's just fucking great and i loved it i want the name of that documentary yeah i'll, I'll send it to you it, it was really funny it was like two hours long and there was also I, i'm so last thing i'll say about a monomarth is that uh i was always worried you hear about a Viking metal band from Sweden and because of the black metal scene in Norway, you always get worried, oh shit, is this problematic to listen to? Are any of these members uh, problematic? And I got, and I may be wrong, but I got tonally from that documentary that, oh, these are all really genuine guys. And they even mentioned because uh, the term uh, Viking is uh, pretty problematic in Europe because a lot of you know uh, right-wing nationalists will use that uh, as like kind of like like a proud boy type thing, and they very much they said like when they signed on to their record label, they said, yeah, the discussion was had that uh, asking us, hey, do we want to like go full force into this Viking thing, or do we want to just go ahead and get ahead of the controversy and change our theme? And they said, no, it's not fair that these assholes took something away from us that we're really proud of, like Norse mythology and Viking culture is really cool to learn about. We're not saying, like, Vikings are awesome guys, but, like, why shouldn't we be able to take this from the nationalists? That's fucked up. So I felt better. Could you say just, like, another one of the, like, just, like, you go back to the same sentence, the same quote, but could you say it in a Swedish accent, please? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can. And uh, I love this. This is the positive note no. that we need. <laughs> what? No, I can't do it. Uh, that was it. That's all you got. Dave, what was that? It, it Dave, was something like Dave, that. Amar Namur. Okay. Get to meet the bird. Yeah, he needs to watch the documentary and get better at that. <laughs> the Swedish there's chef, two dude. members. There's two members in the man, band called, uh, their names are Johan. 
uh, and one of them's the singer. One of them's, I believe, the bassist. And the singer is this massive dude. If you've ever listened to them, he has the deep metal growl. And you look at him and you're like, oh, this guy's going to like have such a baritone voice. He talks in such a regular voice. And I was like, oh, wow, he spoke the best English of all of them. So he <laughs> barely has an accent. And they call him Big J. They Aww. call him Big J. That's so cute. <laughs> so moving on, the diametrically different tone that i've been listening to has been uh just released this year uh adriana linker's new album called songs this is the uh lead singer songwriter from the band uh big thief which is the best thing to happen to folk music in so long and their album last year or albums i believe were incredible and this new album that just came out i gave it like a listen at the beginning of this week And then I listened to it two more times, and man, like, I think this is as close as we're going to get to another Carrie and Lowell uh, when it comes to sadness. Like, man, this gripped me so hard, especially when I was reading about, uh, like, her writing and recording the album and releasing it, and fuck. I just, I couldn't recommend it more, and it has made me have to rethink my uh, top records of this year. Damn. So, uh, look out for that at the uh, our last episode. More than Moses Sumney? Uh, no, not more than Moses Sumney, but there there were some people where I was like, oh, man, do I have to put this above that album? That's so weird. That's so, crazy. Whoa. Be on the lookout for that. That's all I'm listening to. Uh, I'm not listening to much. Uh, there's a band I like called Makari that put out an EP called Continuum. Uh, I like it. John Mayer already did that. All right. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, the Pliny put out a new single. It's Ooh. good. <laughs> I'm really glad I got on my soapbox uh, for my what I'm listening to. <laughs> Jackson, I didn't. I, I find this. I didn't interrupt you while you were talking at all. Today. Yeah, we let you speak the whole time. I didn't interrupt you. Talked you talked for three minutes about one album. I didn't interrupt you once this episode, so I find it very rude that you just interrupted me with whatever that sound was. I need an apology. Amana Marth means uh, Mount Doom <laughs> from the Lord of the Rings. Tell us more yeah. about Lord of the Rings, then. I'm Little Jay. <laughs> Boring. I'm Little Jay. Oh, it's so good. I'm gonna start calling you Little Jay. I go. love it. Um, yeah. So I really haven't listened to too much. Those are things I've been listening to, and um, I am very hard into a true crime thing right now. It is. Uh, it just. It just makes me feel better to learn about serial killers and cults. I don't know why it makes me feel better, but it does. Also, really, are you thinking like maybe maybe you're like eh, at least it's not me? Well, uh, we're talking about like like I I am not a serial killer. At least I didn't get killed by one. Uh, like you're 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 thinking like, you know, uh, I need to take care of my life and become a better person. So then you watch that stuff and you go, but it, it's not that bad. At least it's not that bad. At least I'm not. At least sure, right, right, yeah. That I, that could be that could be part of it. You know, I did. I like did. Jackson loves watching. Uh, people die in car crashes and he's like at least that didn't happen to me yeah jackson do you love that that not at all there's there's like a but you told me you sent me a letter that you love that you a handwritten letter that you love i don't that. even know how to write that's true that's a, that's actually true he does not know how to write that's right hey real quick before i explain more about serial killers jackson can you smell ants no 
Interesting. I haven't met someone who can now that I've learned about it. I've asked people, and I don't know anyone who can actually smell ants. But that's a thing. That's a that's like a people can smell ants. Is this one of those fucking TikTok things where you ask somebody <laughs> and it's supposed to put fucking put them in a corner? Can you smell ants? And then somebody goes and fucking sniffs ants like Ozzy Osbourne. I uh, did. What, is, what are you trying at it did, here? It did. It did. It did become a TikTok trend, but not because they wanted. I mean, I guess that is funny, but it's mostly because. Yeah, people, Hagen, would you date me if you if I was a worm? I'm not Hagen, but yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna twirl my mustache until we're done. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, if any if any of our fans are also true crime fans, uh, hit me up on uh, on Instagram. Come talk to me about it, because no one else wants to talk to me about true crime like fucking ever. So I need. That's a weird door to open. I want to. I mean, about what do you, it. that is a weird. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about. I want to talk about true crime with you, Hagen. Where do you live? You know exactly where I live, asshole. <laughs> No, I'm saying like that's what people are going to say when they they jump into your DMs. Well, I won't tell them. I won't, I won't or twenty sixty six six Boner Street. <laughs> that's Jackson's address, everybody. Hey, so yeah. thanks, Adam, for not being here. We love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you for not being here. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks, thanks everybody who listened to this entire thing. Uh, we we did we did we did miss Adam a lot, uh, and and I'm sure you did as well. And if he's not wearing a fucking dress at his wedding, like fucking Harry Styles, I'm going to flip shit. He's going to be the prettiest man at the ball. Um... <laughs> this has gone on way too long. Next week. No, it hasn't. No, no. I'm ending this right now. I'm Next week, I'm we're talking. I'm... I'm ending it. I'm going to end it before you. Welcome to sad ass. The show's over. I ended it. No, it's not over. Okay, thank you oh. for listening, everybody. Uh, Jackson's going to say what we're doing next week. I don't know what it is, so I'm not letting yeah, you talk. Yeah, neither do I. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, if you don't already, hit the subscribe button on whatever or follow button on whatever uh, you're using. If it's Spotify, follow. If it's other services, it's subscribe. Uh, go follow us on our, all of our social medias. And um, I really hope you have a safe Thanksgiving Please be safe during this holiday time. Please be safe. Jackson's shaking his head. He wants people to not be safe. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, and fuck off. Give me a towel. We're talking about Christmas music next week. Holiday music. My bad. Oh, now I remember. Oh, you said the C word. What do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you if you can smell ants, email us. I, I'm stopping recording. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you next week. Yeah, I'm still recording. Welcome to the Dave Show.